Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland and Seattle and Texas and lots of places in between. And more importantly, on the uh, Golf News Net iHeart channel, 24-7 golf on iHeart there. Uh, like I said, I'm JT, and this segment is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also the Oregon Crab Commission. From sea to plate, you'll never find anything like Oregon Dungeness Crab. We'll probably talk about that because we do talk about food on this show. Um, I'm very honored to have Sandra Gall with me today. Uh, Sandra is coming back to the tour, the LPGA tour. And um, I've, as we were talking before we got on the air, I photographed her a number of times at the um, at the Cambia or the Portland Classic, but I've never had a, actually had a chance to talk to her. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Get this out of the way. I don't know if you're up here, if you if you even like seafood, but if you do and you come back, get some uh, Dungeness crab there. It's marvelous stuff. That that sounds amazing, and I love seafood. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Sandra, you took a leave of absence from the tour because you were um, kind of struck with some Lyme disease and all that. So, first of all, how are you feeling? How's the mm-hmm. the health and Mm-hmm. Uh, the rehab, if you will, coming back and yeah. give us the background on that, please. Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, the Lyme disease back in 2019 turned out to be a misdiagnosis. Um, but I did take some time away from the tour, try to come back. And then I hit another injury Uh-oh. in 20, um, 2022. Um, I had a surgery on my hip. And um, so... After the surgery, I thought I was going to go back to practicing, you know, a few months later, um, but it still didn't resolve some back issues. So I spent another year rehabbing my back and, you know, I can finally play and walk. And it was a very long journey, um, but it made me really appreciate uh, the game and being able to come back this year. Was it tough to sit on the sidelines uh, when you were watching your friends on the tour play and you were you know, home with a bandaid on, so to speak, and trying to get yeah. back in shape. Yeah. Um, it was a very strange time because um I think after playing nonstop for 12 years on tour, I sort of needed a break. Um, so at one hand I I kind of explored a lot of different things. I started painting more. Um mm-hmm. I exhibited my art in a gallery locally. I started coaching. I just, you know, started just diversifying my own interests and also um yeah my you know diversifying my job so to say and um and after a while i started really missing it you know i think it was the british open um a couple years i mean a year and a half ago where where i said oh i just would love to be there i need to be there again and um 
and then I the, the buck kind of hit me again and I, I just had so much joy practicing um and playing and yeah I think it just kind of renewed my whole appreciation of the game. When you when you got inspired, I don't want to say bit by a bug, but when you got yeah, inspired yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to come back, did you remember how tough it was to get back to that level? I mean, a player at your at your level doesn't completely fall off the grid most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're on the tour week after week, so to speak, it it's a strain. It's a drain physically, yeah. emotionally, mentally, all that stuff. Yeah. Had you kind of in your time off and rehabbing forgotten how tough it was to get back to that level. Now I don't want to say forgotten, but the daily mm-hmm. reminder when you're in the gym mm-hmm. or something, will will turn on yeah. the light bulb. Yeah. I don't think I've ever forgotten how hard it is. Um, but you know, I, I think I was surprised that I could, after so much rehab and like stop and go, stop and go, um, there was a lot of things I had to try to get better. I still, there was a point where I started hitting the ball really well to the, mm-hmm. you know, back to where I was in my best days and I haven't competed yet. Right. So that's a whole nother story. I have to go through the next few months and get my feet wet. And it's, it's, it's different to obviously play with friends and play well than to play well in competition. Um, but once I started seeing, you know, I started to hit the ball better than I did in 2019 um, or 2020 or 2021, I was like, wow, okay, this is really exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to put the work in, but I also can't practice as much as I used to um, just because of my back. Um, yeah. So I have to really put a lot of um, focus into small sessions and make the most out of it. So um, it, probably will never be the same grind again that I, you know, sure. that I used to do when I was, you know, 15 years younger, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's still, I love the game. How, when you, when you decided to come back and you started to practice again, was your swing pretty close? Uh, we don't talk no. too much about the technicalities of golf on this show, but getting a chance to talk to you in the rehab. And one of the reasons I do that is because I had major back surgery a few years ago and it's taken a while to get yeah. back to where yeah. I can and, swing. And the answer is no, uh, my swing was not even close. And um, honestly, uh, I'm friends with David Ledbetter and I somehow we were on a call about something and he said, well, have you thought about changing your swing so that back issue won't come up again? And I said, well, actually, I've kind of tried, but not really successfully. And he said, let me look at it. and we live in the same town and I had a lesson with him and he had a couple lessons and he just adjusted my swing to the point where I don't have pain when I'm playing. And also I'm starting to hit the ball really well now. So no, it was not like that. I, I think I was just kind of protecting the injury before I was kind of doing something. It's It was an overuse injury. So yes. it's like my whole career I've been doing something to injure my back. So I had to make adjustments um, but these adjustments led to better ball striking. So it was a win-win. So it's working well Yeah, with, with David mm-hmm. in that. Good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I know. Cause when you, when you, when you kind of healed up from the surgery, 
that doesn't mean all the muscles and stuff have healed up around in your back, yeah. your lower back, legs, what have you. And <clears throat> you go to take that first kind of big swing and it reminds you, I think it did me. Uh, and oh, I certainly yeah. don't play at any elite level. Mine's kind of at the other end of the scale. But the point is, your body will say, now, Sandra, not yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally, I couldn't walk for for much uh, for a whole year. That's how bad it was. And then, um, and then, like you said, the muscles are protecting the surgery. So then you have to work on that. It's a no, whole another set of things. So yeah, it was an exploration for sure. Well, it's, it sounds like it's been a, a a bit of a tough road to get back. But congratulations for putting that Thank work you. in and doing it. It's mm -hmm. I, but I you know it's not, it's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I just want to say it's not it's not all bad. You know, I yeah. like I said, I it just given me so much gratitude and also an opportunity to do other things that I didn't have time to explore before. So I actually am quite thankful for the whole journey. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your art and your philanthropy and stuff coming up a little later in the show. But um, I I like your art a lot. I, I looked you. at the stuff that's online and I was like, wow. I can't even draw a stick figure without it looking deformed. <laughs> so, you know, to do that, I, I think that's incredible and uh, kind of shows that there is life after the tour, too. <laughs> yeah, that that's the cool thing. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, uh, did you miss your friends? I mean, you develop friends when you're in a, a situation like that on tour uh, and yeah. so on. Uh, have they been welcoming you back and excited yeah. to see you when you finally step in the tee box? Yeah, it's been really nice. I played um, Brittany Lincecum's charity event <clears throat> a few weeks ago and saw a lot of um, my friends. And then uh, I played another charity event in December and caught up with a few of them. So it's been really nice um, to, yeah, just to see them and, you know, they have not forgotten me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sweet. It was so sweet. And then a couple of my very close friends, they had babies and kind of stepped away from the tour during this time as well. So it's going to be very different out there. There's a lot of um, new rookies that I don't even know. Um, so it's a different tour that I'm stepping back to than when I left. Yep. I'll bet you they know you, though. <clears throat> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in a couple of minutes with Sandra Gall. And uh, I'm going to ask Sandra to uh, give us a golf travel tip when we get back. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. JT here. You know, every week on Grilling at the Green, we bring you a travel tip. And that is brought to you by the Weston dealerships. I've known those guys since I was a kid. And they have one way of doing business. It's called the Weston Way. It's family oriented and there's no better people to deal with. Check out Weston Kia on Southeast Stark in Gresham, Oregon. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Um, you can find us on Facebook and all the social media platforms. You can send an email directly to the studio here and I will answer it. Just go to info at grillingatthegreen.com or .net. We, we have both of them. And um, we always like to hear from the listeners or you can reach out on social media. I'm there too. So uh, we're with Sandra Gall today. She's coming back to the LPGA Tour you you said on your website you weren't sure whether it was going to be full-time LPGA or you were going to also divide your time maybe between that and the the, the European tour, which leads me no. to the question, Sandra, of 
professional golfers do a lot of travel, a lot of travel. And you being mm -hmm. originally from Europe, I'm sure you go back and forth across the pond, as we call it, a number of times like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. could you give our listeners a um, kind of a tip on travel? Maybe not just as far as getting your clubs and stuff there, but maybe how to rest and and take care of yourself mm -hmm. on those mm -hmm. long flights. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think two things. Uh, hydration is super important now that you're drinking water. <laughs> yep. So getting some electrolytes on the flight and when you get off, um, minerals, electrolytes, very important. And then um, it's it's good to adjust the jet lag by rising with the sun and getting the sunshine in your eyes without um, without any sunglasses in the morning. And then also kind of seeing the sunset. So your body kind of naturally produces melatonin and knows when to go to bed and when to rise. And it just helps to reset the circadian rhythm. Uh, that's that's really good advice. Thank you for mm -hmm. that. Yeah. We'd also like to thank the folks at Weston Keogh for providing the time for that. Anyway, um, I want to talk historically with you for a little bit. You You were one of the few people that qualified for the tour on your first attempt uh that and you've had some good success on tour like that can when did you first start playing it was it really small with your your dad or something or was it yeah yeah i was about six years old when i first got a set of plastic clubs oh yeah uh, and then i just play <laughs> yeah and i just played uh, on family vacations and it wasn't anything serious until i was about 14 and by then, my parents had heard from different people, oh, this girl has talent, you should do something with her. And then we joined um, my home club in Germany, and uh, they let me join. And then they had a really good club pro, and he kind of took me under his wing, and I started practicing more regularly. Good for you. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, mm -hmm. there is a pressing question I need to ask you. Okay. I need to ask you about the crystal that you keep in your bag and also the little stuffed animals that you have attached <laughs> to the bag. How do you know about this? <laughs> I was on YouTube and I saw it. And so I, I tried oh, to do hilarious. my research. I tried to do that's my hilarious. research. Honestly, I don't have a crystal in my bag now, but I should put one in now that you reminded me of that. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. I, um, I, uh, I had a, I had a bunch of little stuffed animals, actually like 20 of them until my caddy said, Nope, this is getting too heavy. We need to take those off. So Right now, I have one little representative. It's a little fox. Okay. Um, so he's great. So there's always a stuffed animal there. Um, and then crystals, I, um, I'm i not huge into... I, I never remember what they do or what they serve right. most of the time, but I think they're very pretty. And then some of them have really nice properties, like um, protecting your energy or just having like, good vibes. So um, sometimes I have a crystal in my bag, like a little one. My caddy yeah. won't know it. Yeah, I have a couple little things. I think most golfers do. They have little they don't share that information with people like I just did you with you, but they have they have little trinkets, if you will, in their bag mm -hmm. somewhere. And they're like mm -hmm. uh, some of the guys I play with, they may have a piece of beef jerky from three years ago in their bottom of their bag. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we won't talk talk about yeah. that. As long as it's not a banana, we're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, I cook for a living, and and it's not. Yeah. No. No four year old bananas. Even the dried was, chips. I was an expert when I was a teenager to just forget bananas in my bag, and it was the <laughs> most terrible thing. And my mom would get so mad at me. <laughs> 
Well, you kind of have to wash it out. You can't just, yeah. you know, it's not like you find an old dried up candy bar or something in the bottom. No. You just throw it away with, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, do you have a preference between the, the European tour and the tour in the States? I mean, ours is probably more spread out in some ways mm -hmm. than the European oh. tour. Well, the European tour isn't so European anymore. I mean, until May, they are in South Africa, Australia, you know, Saudi Arabia. They're everywhere. They even have a tournament in the U.S. now. Yeah. Um, oh, preference. Well, I mean, the LPGA tour has been my home tour my whole life, right? Or my whole professional career. And um, obviously, the money is very different. Um, and, the, and the tournament courses are, are amazing. And they're just very professionally run. And the ladies european tour is a smaller tour um however it's very um uh, it's kind of a very i would say almost cozy um you know it's like uh, everyone knows everyone's a little bit closer together because i think people ha make less money and so they share more rooms together they go mm -hmm. out for dinner more together it's um it's just kind of one big traveling group um uh, so it's very different feel out there so i really enjoy the european tour as well i've only always just played there a few times a year before but now coming back from this medical um i don't have a full tour card in the lpga so i'm definitely gonna try to play on both tours sure um, just whatever i can uh, so i there's beauty in both tours for sure yeah absolutely well if you go back to actually the continent you you've probably got friends and family there that you can see yeah while, while you're mm -hmm. there too and that makes it mm -hmm. nice yeah, yeah. And you can always come to Oregon, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. get you, we'll get you into the Cambia if you're, you know, I do. That's what I want to play this year for sure. In Portland. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll make a phone call for you. How's that? Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure, I'm sure you'd qualify on your own, but just to make sure that way. Um, Thank you. <laughs> when <laughs> it, it would be my pleasure uh, when we come back, cause we're going to take another quick break. We have to, this is the radio part of the show. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Sandra's foundation and her charity golf tournament and her coaching, her art and her violin. I want to know about the violin because uh, I have a violin and uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. She knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure. Anyway, you're listening to uh, grilling at the green here on the iHeart uh, golf news net radio network, and also an assortment of stations around the country. Please stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT. You know, I talk about Painted Hills all the time uh, and we always say beef the way nature intended, but it's more than that because each bite of Painted Hills will make your taste buds explode, put a big bright smile on your face and whoever's at your dinner table will have a big bright smile on their face and you can thank me for that later. Just go to PaintedHillsBeef.com and find out more. You won't regret it. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green. I'm JT, and today we're very lucky to have Sandra Gall with us. We'd like to uh, really thank her for taking the time to be with us today. Um, I've uh, 
like I said, I photographed Sandra when she was playing here in Portland years in the past. I've kind of followed her career, uh, but I didn't know she played the violin till just recently. <laughs> so was was that a uh, a trade off that you could go play golf, but your folks wanted you to have a musical instrument or something? <laughs> oh, I I think I was I was probably how old was I? I was probably like nine years old. And I'm sure they wanted me to play an instrument. I think I just picked the violin. And um, I played for 10 years and I played in the orchestra in oh, high school. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I, I love playing in the orchestra. I did not like to practice, no. unfortunately. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but making this full sound, being in the middle of an orchestra is one of the most beautiful things ever. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So was it pretty much classical music or did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was all classical music. I, I played all these concertos, you know, Mozart and sure. Beethoven, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it wasn't Jethro Tull or anything like that with it. No, no, okay. no. I just yeah, just want to do want to get all the good information out of you now. Like yes, that. yes, yes. So I want to talk to you about your uh, foundation. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people have foundations. Uh, they do great work, and but. You know, it's why did you do it? What prompted you to do it? I I think that's it's a, great. Yeah. I do a lot of charity work, but um, yeah, that's what? a good, great question. Yeah. Mm. So I uh, I initially played in Morgan Pressel's foundation uh, charity event um, mm -hmm. years and years ago, maybe 2012, 13, I don't know. And um, she really inspired me with all the work that she does. And she kind of encouraged me to have my own event. So for many years, I ran uh, a fundraiser and supported different charities and different projects. And then in 2021, I said, look, I should really kind of define which niche I want to take and what I want to help uh, with. And um, I created my foundation. And uh, it's taken a you know a couple of years to kind of really get the right direction, but um, we are supporting uh, underprivileged uh, girls and boys in golf uh, in whatever way we can, whether it's scholarships, um, whether it's support with equipment, whether it's mentoring them. Um, it's kind of the work that I do personally, um, as in the mental side of coaching, and also um, yeah, with young with young people, I really like to encourage them to. Um, built their self-confidence and kind of know how to deal with fears and pressure, something that I would have wished someone had taught me when I was younger. When you, when you hang up the clubs, as far as a touring pro, is that something you want to uh, pursue really working with the young people being a, a, not just a golf coach, but a life coach, a mental coach. I mean, mm -hmm. somebody that's been through, Mm -hmm. the years of traveling and tour competition. I think that's a, mm -hmm. that gives you a, a step up on mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And I think I had, um, I had a time in my golf career that I was struggling quite heavily with, um, mentally, uh, in my mental health. And so it took me a while to figure things out and I did, and I would love to share that, you know, I'd love to share that part of uh, the game and just kind of part of life, you know, to create balance for kids, um, for them to not be completely defined by what they do. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm, I'm impressed and, and grateful that you said that and the way you phrased it when you said mental health, 
you know, it wasn't that many years ago that you, you didn't talk about mental health. You know, yeah. it, it was a taboo or something. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. I, I think everyday people have mm-hmm. ups and downs in their emotions and their uh, mm-hmm. m- mental health. And I think that's great that you're doing that has um, what you learned through your own journey really said when we're talking about young people playing and stuff, is, is that your finite focus with that? Or is it more in general, you touched on it a minute ago, but I want to get a little more specific about that. Is mm-hmm. it, is it really trying to, I don't know, this old man's term here. Sorry, Sandra, but is it kind of keep them on the straight and narrow, you know, instead of uh, getting away from the sport, maybe doing activities that they aren't good for them? Oh, you mean as in that golf could be a vehicle for them to yeah. stay focused? Um, I think it's a little bit more than that. Um, I think that's definitely the case. You know, any kid that's involved in, in a sport or is trying to master a craft is going to, keep it in the straight and narrow right um but then it it oftentimes kind of leads into oh then that one thing becomes their identity and then they try to fill kind of a void in them by creating results and being successful and then one day if that doesn't happen anymore they become depressed you know right so it's kind of the cycle so i'm trying to um I'm trying to kind of just give perspective and have different methods um, that help young people or even adults to just kind of learn to live a little bit more heart-focused, heart-based, um, in being present, um, enjoying the little things in life, um, just kind of being more, um, yeah, well-rounded in a way of, of being able to enjoy the little things without having to have... Um, having to be dependent on big success which is which is great and everyone can have success and should you know strive for it but it's when it gets out of balance is the problem you kind of get that yourself personally from your artwork because your art is super duper um Mm, does that bring you. you that kind of if you will inner peace um i think it's just a vehicle for me to express my creativity and I just love doing that and I'm very present when I do it but honestly um for me to have inner peace it's it's kind of a practice of meditation of you know a lot of different things that I do um mm-hmm. um to be able to you know relax whatever tension you have maybe it could be dancing it could be singing it could be art it could be walking in nature you know it could be sitting down meditating it's just like you have a toolbox right and you just right. reach for what you need well that's good I, I do want to talk about your art a little more since i put you on the spot about your violin <laughs> um <laughs> what uh what really inspires you to pick up the brush and, and sit down in front of the canvas yeah oh so usually i have kind of a vision of something um it'll come to me whether it's uh, while I'm sleeping or or I just sit down and think about what I could I paint and suddenly there's like an image that appears and then by the time it's on the canvas it'll look different again it might be like an inspiration that then you know turns yeah. into something else um, and it's just such a beautiful feeling to to carve out time where you're 
just immersed in some music and putting all these different colors on the canvas. Um, I just have so much joy when I do it um, that it's just the inspiration itself. Honestly, I just want to kind of convey somehow like good vibes through my art, like um, yeah. peace, well, peace, harmony, you know, like something that evokes something positive in other people. I think you touched on it there with a key word, joy. Uh, mm -hmm. the world we live in today is a little tough for people to have joy, um, yeah. in their everyday lives. Not that they don't want it or they're not trying. It's just extenuating circumstances sometimes keep us from that. And so yeah. I, so I've got another question for you. Do you dance when you, when you're painting? <laughs> not during the painting, but sometimes I'll take a break and dance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Just yeah. wanted to clear that up for everybody, you know, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's one thing I really didn't see too much of, uh, on the web was you dancing. I, I saw you playing golf and a lot of interviews. I saw the crystal and the little furry <laughs> creatures on your bag, but I'm, I'm going to keep, keep looking to see if I can find you in, <laughs> okay. in, in a dance contest or something like okay, that. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you think your greatest achievement is so far through the world of golf? Uh, whether it's winning a tournament or maybe it's just the friends you've made. I don't know. That's a very personal wow. question. Yeah, honestly, I think my greatest achievement, if you can call it an achievement, is learning how to be content. Uh, we're going to take another break, but first I want to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef and also Birdie Ball and my partner in crime in the barbecue world, Leanne Whippins, uh, pigpowder.com. Uh, go to pigpowder.com. I'm telling you, it's some of the best seasoning that I've ever used. Um, Leanne might even send you a signed picture. Anyway, we're going to be back with Sandra Gall, wrap up the regular show, and then we'll do a few minutes of after hours. And uh, so stay with us. You're listening to Grilling at the Green. Hey everybody, JT here. If you need something to practice with in the inclement weather, try Birdie Ball. Go to birdieball.com, check out the actual Birdie Balls, their packages, their putting greens, which I happen to have a couple of those, and they work great. Birdieball.com. Welcome back to Brilliant Green. I'm JT, and we're very honored to have Sandra Gall with us today. As you know, Sandra is a LPGA player, uh, ladies European uh, tour player. Um, she does a lot of stuff. She's got a foundation. She's uh, doing coaching. She's an artist. She's a musician. She does philanthropy. Um, she puts stuff in her golf bag that you don't know what the hell it is. But anyway, it's it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandra, do you cook? Yeah. Do you, do you like to cook? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. See, I do another show called Barbecue Nation, syndicated show. Ooh. And uh maybe sometime if I can get to Florida or my partner cook for you down there. She'll uh Oh, that'd be nice. She, she's a Hall of Famer and uh it's it's all oh. good. So yeah, we we're kind of into cooking, you might say. If you saw me in person, you would know that I'm definitely into cooking. <laughs> I, I do that anyway. Um, look, look out ahead. Kind of give us a little uh, future look at where does uh, Sandra Gal want to be like three years, five years, ten years from now. Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I uh, I'm coming back to playing. Um, 
I don't think I'm going to play a full full schedule again, but just enough uh, to yeah. yeah be out there um, and enjoy it and you know play a number of events. Um, so definitely, I think within the next three years, I'd like to uh, start a family, um, and then oh gosh, five to ten years, I suppose I would. Um, uh, keep keep going with the things if I can't play on tour anymore. I know who knows. I might be playing on tour with having a child. I you know you never know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll definitely focus also on my coaching, on making more art, um, and my foundation. Good for you. Good for you. Um, being a dad, I think you'll love the the family part. You know, yeah. from my from my perspective, it really it changed my life a lot, and mm -hmm. uh, was all good. It was all good. Even, Were you scared before? It was uh, terribly uh, different from the life I was, uh, my previous life, if you will, I was very involved in the horses and I traveled all over the world judging horse shows. Okay. Oh. And it was home on Sunday or Monday nights, back on an airplane on Wednesday, going somewhere oh. else. Wow. And so when you got a little one and, and you know, your spouse is at home and you can't like just leave them with the kid all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. When our daughter was born, I was like, wow. And so I, I changed, I, I, mm -hmm. you know, it was a great thing. I cut back on my schedule for a while. I wanted to be there mm -hmm. when she grew up. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it kind of opened a lot of, a lot of eyes, opened my eyes a lot, I should say. And it, and it opened a lot of doors for me in other av aspects of my life. Yeah. So I think it, Beautiful. I think that's the greatest thing I ever did. And I've done a mm -hmm. lot of fun things all over the world, but having a mm -hmm. daughter was very cool. And that's uh, amazing. Still is still is. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every time I see yeah. her, I'm like, I just remember you when you were so small, you know, yeah. <laughs> that type of thing like yeah. that. Um, with your artwork, Sandra, you would you like to do that perhaps full time? Uh, I know you know you're you're always going to be busy. You're going to be doing the foundation. You're going to be coaching and teaching along that. But uh, I could see yeah. you having your own gallery someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just absolutely love it. I mean, I've been making art since I'm three years old. You know, it's like yeah. my second kind of big big hobby and. I, um, yeah, I absolutely, um, if I could make my living from making art, uh, I'd be a very happy person, but I, I also enjoy, uh, diversity and, um, so, you know, I've got a few other things going on as well. That's great. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, one last kind of golf related question for you. Mm -hmm. What do you think in a tournament setting was the best shot you ever hit? that's a great question so i'm going to come up come and say the first thing that pops in my mind yeah um which is uh it was a solheim cup in germany in 2015 and we were tied in our four balls and um my my partner um didn't hit a good t-shirt or something so it was kind of on me uh and I hit a seven wood, like a little fade seven wood to a like a middle right pin position. And I hit it to about a foot or two. Oh. And then we kind of um, 
Oh, actually, I think we were one down and I and I squared it up. So we got half a point. I don't know why it wasn't even that significant, that match or, you know, it was part of the whole thing. But that shot was just kind of what you picture, what you wanted in that situation. And I'll always remember it. Oh, yeah. I've had uh, usually the ones that I remember, the ones that go in the water or something, you know. Oh, no, you got to turn that around. I got to turn that around. (laughs) Anyway, um, Sandra is going to stick around for after hours. It doesn't take very long. Trust me. Um, But we want to thank her. And we're do you have a first tournament you're going to play in real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm flying to China in two weeks. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be watching out there. Thank you. Um, we got after hours coming up. We'd like to also thank the folks at Hammerstall Knives and Heritage Cookware. And uh, we will be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. By the way, we're going to be broadcasting live from the Portland Golf Show coming up also the 1st of March. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, we will be back. Remember our motto here. Uh, Go out, play some golf, and be kind. Rolling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.